Good evening, church, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Cole. I'm the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spaeth. He's one of our elders. And we are just so thankful that you decided to join us. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the Law and the Prophets, where we're taking some of the most exciting events and people and scriptures, and we're really just talking about them. We're mm-hmm. we're chatting it up. If you're uh, if you're listening on the Heart and Hands podcast via Spotify or Apple Podcasts, hey, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. If you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share this video. It really helps us out. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed so you get notified every time we post a video. Uh, again, you know, hey, if you want to join, if you really like what we're doing here and you want to join us, join with us, partner with us in this ministry, head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. There's a donate button there. You can hit that and follow the instructions, and we really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 24, and I if, believe. And, and if any of you have donated already, we thank you so much for your help. And, Absolutely. And we, will, we promise we will use that money to, to further the kingdom. That's, That's right. We'll um, I believe we're in Genesis chapter 24 tonight. You believe? I believe. I think so. Yeah, right? 24? We, we get doing so much stuff, we forget. We yes, lose 24. track of where we are. About midway through 24. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to jump into it. So I'm excited to, to get in there. And Anything else? I have nothing else. All right. I'm ready to go. Yeah, let's pray and get into but, it. Father, thank you for the opportunity we have to be together tonight. Again, we thank you uh, for blessing us. We thank you for the, for the, for the power of the word. Uh, we pray that you help us to navigate through it and help us to say some things that maybe our listeners need to hear. Uh, Father, we thank you for them. We thank you for their for their uh, uh, attendance and, and watching. And we thank you, Father, that uh, we really appreciate uh, the technology and all the things that are involved that, that help us to do this. Thank you so much, Father. Bless us tonight as we study and bless us as we as we carry forward uh, the, the truth of the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, brother. Well, let me let me ask you a question. When I'm faced with a choice, and I'm faced with a decision, like a major a major decision, how do I know which one is God? <laughs> well, you know, most most of us when we when we face decisions that we have to make, uh, we we need you know if if you have a if if you have a decision as a as a as a person as a human being and and you're going to decide what am I going to do. In this situation, well, there's people around you that have, that have given you counsel. Okay, they've they've told you this is good, this is not good, and you have a choice to make. You have a decision. Okay, I can choose to do this anyway, even though that it could go bad. So, or I could choose to do it this way, where I know that probably it's going to be okay. Well, it's the same thing with making spiritual decisions. I've got to listen to God. God, I've got to let God tell me. What it is that I need to do? What what direction is it that I need to go? Do, and he's going to tell you. Well, no, no, he's not going to come to you in a in a whisper, and he's not going to put a gun in your ear and you know whisper in your ear. I don't think. I think I think he's going to tell us through the word. I, I know he's going to tell us through the word. Now, you know, most decisions we make, most of them don't have to be made today. Mm. All right, we think that because I have a decision made, I need to make it right now, and. I've seen in my relationship with my wife and many relationships I've seen where, you know, one one person part of the relationship, you know, one thing's done like this. And the other one says, well, you know, kind of, you know, they kind of bebop through life and 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 it causes conflict. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I know you you know what I'm talking about. You and Jessica are kind of, you know, different spectrums at times. And uh, well, my wife and I are the same <laughs> way, you know. I I want to deal with it now. Let's get it done. Let's get it. well. Sometimes, 
you know, you got you need to pull back and wait a little bit. You know, it's okay to be a little bit patient and just just wait a little bit to make the decision, and give God a chance to really navigate you through it and and open your mind up to it, and maybe give you a text or give put someone in your life because you know God's going to talk to us in different ways. He's going to talk to us through the Word. He absolutely does that. The Holy Spirit's going to talk to us. If we've been baptized to Christ and God's blessed us with the Holy Spirit, we've got the Holy Spirit living in us. And, and part of his job is to, is to lead us. And so we need to sometimes just wait and let the Holy Spirit have time to lead us in the right direction. It, it's, it's when we decide, I know that's the right way, but I really don't want to do that. And we've talked a, a, a bunch before, you and I, about people going through doors with monsters on them. I've said that a lot lately because I've watched a lot of people, a lot of my brothers and sisters or Christians or just even people I know open doors up that the, the, it's, it was already telling them this is not a good door. This has got a monster on the door. Don't go through this door. And they open it up and go through it anyway. Mm. And I'm going, what? What? Well, why would, but why would anybody do something like that? What, what is the, what is the appeal there going through a door that you've already perhaps been told is the wrong door? Why, if I, why if I knew that, I could maybe stop them from doing it because I don't know. I'm, I'm being honest with you guys. I don't know. I don't know how to stop them. I don't know how to stop them from making choices and decisions that they should not make. I don't know. You know, I, I know for me, making choices is, is I had to mature, had to grow up. I had to listen to good counsel. I had to listen to people that would tell me what I did not want to hear and really listen to them and value what they were telling me. You know, godly men, you know, godly women that, that I've talked to. I, I had a woman one day call me on a Monday, and, 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 it was, uh, and if she's watching, she's going to know that, who it was. And, uh, and she called me, and she said, you're wrong. What you said yesterday in class was wrong. I don't remember what it was. And I said, really? Ain't nobody tells me I'm wrong. Nobody, you know, and I'm, and I'm going, okay, but I value this woman. I value her insight and her understanding of scripture. And I said, okay. And so I, I, so I listened to her and I went and studied. She was right. She was right. And I go, wow, man. So I had to go to class Monday morning, next Sunday morning and apologize. Told him, man. And I told him, I said, she called, she called me, told me. And she was right. I was wrong. And, you know, but I can remember a time when whew, that wouldn't have flown, flown at all. But you have to mature. You have to you listen to good counsel, godly women, godly men. Put people in your life that you know are going to tell you what you don't want to hear, but what's best for you to hear. And let God talk to you through these people's lives and through these people's words that they say. And, you know, you don't listen to people that ain't telling you what the Bible says. So you got to really study the book. You got to know. That's why we do this, guys. We want you to know what this stuff is saying. We want you to know, you know, and not in a deep philosophical, spiritual way, but just average stuff. We're just going to talk about it. We don't get deep into this. That was never the intent. The intent here was to just to give you these stories and map it out and show you how the seed line was being put in place so that Jesus could come. That's what we're doing. So you have a, a, an ability to make a better choice in your life. It just, it's, I, it, I'm frustrated sometimes dealing with people. And you and I talked about this a while ago. The, the, the choices that people, I'm watching people make 
that I know are not going to be healthy. Have you ever seen anyone come, I don't want to say come from the world, but have you ever seen anyone who's standing half in and half out? Oh, yeah. Make yeah. good, solid, biblical decisions. No. Godly no. decisions. No. No. You mean you can't? You, I'm so not you saying can't. you can't. I'm just saying um, yeah, there probably has been that made good solid. I, I guess I guess for a while, I can't, let, let me rephrase. I said, I can't say that because I have seen them do that. I said, you can be half in, half out and make good solid decisions and get yourself on the right side. Now, so I said, yes, I, you, I have seen that. I've done it myself. For a long time, I was half in, half out and what made some was... decisions. I made some. I made a decision when it, when the opportunity came to me to do an extension class from Sunset. You know, Lee's over in another room. He knows we we finished it together, and uh, uh, and I made the decision. I'm going to do this. I was half in, half out. I was I was kind of going through the motions, and and doing that intense Bible study really helped me to start making choices better. So I, I guess I guess for me it was. Uh, it was, uh, I had to start studying and listening to God more, and I had to start studying more, see what it says to help me, because being half on one side, half on the other, that means you're half in the world, half in, half in, in biblical stuff. I needed to know more biblical stuff. But by then, I knew too much world stuff. I needed to know more biblical stuff to kind of balance it out, and then, and then I was going to make better choices, and I did. And I've seen people do that. I've also seen them not do that. What happens when they don't do stay it? On the, stay half in, half out, or go all the way the other way most of the time. It's almost like Jesus said you can't serve two masters. That's exactly what it is. Now, yeah. in that context, he's talking specifically about money yes, I understand and God. That. But, but the principle is still the same. You can't serve Satan and, and, and man. I mean, in God. You can't save, serve both. You're going you're gonna to love one and hate the other, or you're going to hate one and love the other. That's what he says. You can't do that. So... You have to make a choice. I'm either going to be in or out. Jesus, yeah. Jesus, Jesus, I mean, in Revelation says, I wish you were hot or cold, but not lukewarm. You know, I know that's a diff- different context, but, you know, God wants us to be on his side. Fully, not halfway. No, not halfway. Fully. And sometimes the decisions we make don't make a lot of sense. But isn't this, isn't this the exact appeal that we see time and time again in the scriptures? I mean, I'm thinking Joshua, you know, has has come up through the wilderness, has watched an entire generation of his people die off because they just would not believe the things God said. They would not uh, trust him. They constantly tested him. We're going to get to that, you know, shortly. We'll get to that. And then they finally go to the—they finally make it across the promised land. Joshua is in his 80s. Caleb is in his 80s. These are the two spies that actually— said, hey, God can do this for us. Yeah. We can do this, yeah. right? Everybody else turned against them. Moses has died. Aaron has died. They're in. They're finally in the promised land. They've taken all this land. And then Joshua looks him at the end and says, decide for yourselves this day who you're going to serve, whether it be the gods in this land or whether it be Yahweh. But for his, for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. And, and it, because they had they had started waffling between God and the, and the world where they were at. They were half in, half out. And, and Joshua got fed up. Well, you know, and it's funny It's funny because half in, half out is how we look at it. Mm. But that's not true. If you've been immersed into Christ, you really are all in on one side. Yeah. It's, you're not, 
you're not waffling. You're not, a lot of Christians feel like they are half in, half out. They're like, if there's a line drawn right here, you're going back and forth. But if you've made that commitment, much like the Jews who had already been committed to God, they've already entered into covenant with him, you're on one side of the line. What you're doing by going, by half in, half out, what you're doing is you're on this side of the line and you're just fighting your way back down instead of growing. It's and it's it's crazy to me. I don't under, I don't understand it either personally, but that's what happens. People get over on this side of the line, they make the decision to follow Christ, and then at some point they they decide that they don't actually have to follow anymore. And it stymies their growth. Or they get they step back into the other side. Yeah. And then they still then well, they are they walk they, away. Then they well, not necessarily walk away. You know, I mean, they they get into a com- a comfort zone where where it's a it feels okay just to go to church on Sunday. It feels okay just to read my Bible once a month. It feels okay to do to do service, but I'll do it next week. It feels okay to be, and maybe that's the decisions they made because of pandemics or whatever. But then those are those walking through those doors with those monsters on them. There you go. Because if you're, I mean, if you're making the decision to only engage in the in the scriptures. Once a day to, to to not or once a month, excuse me. If you're making if you're making that decision, I'm only going to read my Bible once a month. Then I'm how not can you read say that you're all, all in over here? Then. Right. You can't say you're all in over here. Well, that means you've stepped out of the all in over yeah. here and stepped into the other place, and it's only a matter of time before you know that that you may step all the way over there, and that's scary because I've seen it happen before. Yeah. You know when we make a commitment to Christ, and we've been blessed with the Holy Spirit, God has there's some expectations of us. That's right. He has an expectation that we're going to, he said, this is love for God, that you obey his commands. Well, and how many times did Paul say, walk in a manner that is worthy of the gospel? Yeah. Walk in a manner, not, not you are worthy. We're, no. Look, you're going to fail. We're going to but sin. But he says in that text, he says, walk in a manner worthy of the gospel, worthy of that, that what Jesus did on the cross, that you, that you walk in a way that's worthy of that. Which, and of course, the idea there is you you can't be. So it's a constant pursuit. But it's a constant. It's, it, it's it, a constant pursuit and growth and everything else. I think you know. I I had a I had a friend of mine post um, something on Facebook the other day about the five the five stages the five steps you have to take to become a Christian. Right, and had you know the confession and, and oh, all yeah, that yeah. type of stuff. And I said, man, maybe we should add a sixth. Continue to follow, because that's the case. This isn't something where, where you're never done here. You're continuing to follow. But it puts across the idea that you're done. Right. Well, that's what the five steps, that's my reading of the five, that's five, those five steps, right? And be baptized, that final step. And then it's like, oh, we're done. And it's like, no, no, we're not. We have to continue to follow. We actually have mm-hmm. to continue picking up that cross and following every day. Every that day. Giving over every of day. myself and living for and him. And that means analyzing the doors that have the monsters on them. And analyzing the doors that don't. Yeah. At some point, you know, and we can do this. Well, and what what chance does anybody have to make that analysis, to really sit there and go, man, that's a monster, if you don't know what a monster looks like? And the reality is, if you don't, ah, man, I got to stop saying that. That Anyway, um. But, you know, what, what you know, and if we sound like we're on a, uh, I won't say a tirade, but a Soapbox. getting away, yeah, maybe. Getting away from the text a little bit because you're going to say, well, "What did that have anything to do with this text?" Oh, I'll tie it back in. Don't worry. But but it but it uh, it it it's it it's scary. It's scary uh, to watch people 
that, uh, that I know have the potential to be the very best they can be, not accomplish that and not be that because they just can't. Some of the decisions they make are not healthy spiritually. That's hard. That's hard to watch. Well, and how, how in the world can we successfully evaluate these doors, successfully make godly decisions if we're not in his word? Well, you can, I don't think. I don't think you can. I mean, if if all we, I mean, think about it, right? We all have 24 hours in the day. How much time are we spending in prayer? How much time are we spending reading his word? How much time are we spending learning his word, right? Paul says in Ephesians, we, you know, we're, we're here to learn what pleases God. Well, how in the world are you going to learn that if you're never in his well, word? Well, that's why we're doing what we're doing, to give them, a, give them another avenue to learn some things that maybe they didn't learn before, maybe they haven't seen before. Because I'm sure, I'm sure for some of those these folks that are watching, we have we have covered some things maybe they didn't know before. Well, and I would say that the that the only the only thing that really separates anyone is how much you're spending in time, how much time you're spending in the Word. Because when I make a godly decision, the only way I'm successfully making that decision, the only way I, I have any success in the decision I'm making is because I've spent time in his word. I've spent time in his prayer. Mm-hmm. It's not because I'm a smart guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not a smart guy. Mm-hmm. The reality is I've, I've spent time in his word and I can see those monsters or I call you or I call someone who is much older. You know, I, in the in the youth class, we talked about, you know, I've walked with Christ for four years. You've walked with Christ for 30. That's a big difference. Mm-hmm. You see things from a perspective I don't. And so I've got to stop and go, man, I better I better talk to Dan about this, or I better better talk to Dan Marshall about this, or James Coburn about this, or I better talk to maybe Vic Morgan about this. One an elder in the church who knows, who who's walked with Christ and who knows, who can see down that road. I've got to talk to them before I make this decision. Because if I don't, I might get into trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And but but when you talk to them, or when God talks to you. Listen. Mm. Yeah. Listen. You know, I mean, I mean, if you call me for advice, or you call Dan Marshall, or you call Vic Morgan, you call anybody. I mean, you whoever you call. You know, if if you've sought their advice and you sought their counsel to to make a a decision in your life, then listen to them. Yeah. Listen to them. You know, I mean, I believe that God put you here for a reason. I believe that, and uh, and I believe that uh, that part of that reason is is for us to help you grow up, and for you to mature and get where you need to be, wherever He's going to have you down the road, and uh, and I think that uh, the decisions you make, the the things you know, we're going to help with, but I think it's uh, I think you still, you know, I mean, there's a there's a fence you're stand you're standing on. I mean, still, I mean, there it just is. And, and you've got to, you're going to make some decisions that are not healthy at some point. Well, God is going to test us. Yeah. We've known this. We saw this yep. with Abraham. James talks about it. Yep. God is going to test us. And if we want to successfully navigate that test, because as you said, I'm, you know, I'm still on a fence. Everyone is. If you're still living in this world, if you're here in the flesh. There's always that chance that you're, you're making a bad choice. You, bad are, choice. You, are con- you are going to have to make a decision. And you're going to have to make that decision every day, every day. It's not a choice I made 10 years ago or four years ago or 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's a choice I have to get up and make today mm-hmm. that I'm going to continue to follow you know, Jesus. But Cole, it, there'll come a point where you will, you it won't even be, you, you won't even be uh, conscious of, of making the decision. 
it'll it'll just come so natural to you. <clears throat> it'll just be a it'll just be a, a mindset that you have, and you just take you just make that decision based on what you what you've done already, what you know is true, what you know is right. So you'll make those you'll you'll start to make those decisions better and better and better down the road. It just takes time. <clears throat> let's let's jump over to Genesis chapter twenty four. I think we're going to see that that type of mature individual who had now just immediately falls into when I'm faced with this decision, when I'm faced with these doors, just falls into a correct action or the right decision. He he's gonna go through the right door. He's gonna make the decisions he needs to make to go through that right door. So let's we're picking up in Genesis chapter 20, 24. We're in verse 12. So this is the servant. He's been tasked by Abraham to go to Padanaram to find a uh, suitable wife for his son Isaac, mm-hmm. the son of promise, right? Mm-hmm. So we all should be wondering, is Isaac now, right? Was it Abraham? Is it Isaac? Remember, we're looking for this seed, that one who's going to come and crush the head of the serpent is maybe it's going to be Isaac, right? So let's let's see what happens. We're starting in verse 12. Then he, the servant, prayed, Lord, God of my master Abraham, make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing beside this spring and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a young woman, please let down your jar that I may have a drink. And she says, drink and I'll water your camels too. Let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. By this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Now, isn't that testing God? I don't think so. I think I think what was while you're reading it, what I what I saw here is how did he know to do this? How did he know to do this? To you know, pray? This is just, this is just a, how did he know to to when why did why was he sent? Why was he sent? And how did he know to do this? He had learned it from somebody. Yeah, for sure. He learned it from his master. He learned it from Abraham. He learned to do what he did from his master. That's the only. That's the only thing. I mean, he is a servant. All right. So we don't know a lot about him except that he was a servant, and he learned to pray and ask God for a sign. Because that's what he'd watched his his master do. Obviously, you know, we have to understand that. Sometimes people are going to make decisions. They're going to make choices. They're going to make lifestyle corrections based on what they've seen other people do. You better have your ducks in a row. Jesus says very clearly the church is supposed to be a light to the world. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be setting the examples. And this and, that, and listen, it's it wasn't just the church. This was the same thing that God said to his people Israel in the Old Testament. You're going to be a light to the nations. Mm -hmm. You're going to show and demonstrate to the nations how mighty your God is and what he expects of his people, what he expects of followers. So how does this guy know? Because Abraham had shown him the light of of God. It had shown him the light that that God was light and God hears God. This is how this how we interact with him. Okay, and that's that servant. So that servant knew, and and Abraham sent him because he trusted him. Mm-hmm. He knew he was. He knew he could trust what this guy was going to do. I don't think it's testing God at all. I think he said, "God, I've got a task to do." You know, man, if it's testing, then I do this all the time. <laughs> okay. God, I got a task to do, and I don't know what to do. I I don't know how to do this. I you know I've got people in my life right now that are going through doors marked with monsters on them, and I don't know what to do. I don't know how to stop them. I've tried everything I know. I don't know what else to do. What am I? 
What am I supposed to say to them? What am I supposed to do when everything I do, they will not listen? Walk away? Sorry, I can't do that. I, I can't do that. Sorry, I won't. So, you know, I mean, I'm looking at this guy and saying, you know, this guy has learned and Abraham sent him with a, with a, with a tremendous task to do. And he knows that he's going to, that he's going to be successful. Abraham knows he's going to be successful. He not, I don't think Abraham believes for a minute that the woman that, that's going to come, that she's going to say, oh, I don't want to come. He already told him, he said, well, if he, she does that, then you'll be off the hook. Right. I don't believe Abraham believed that. I believe Abraham believed that God was going to find him a wife from his own countrymen because God did not want him getting a wife from the people around him. How did he know that? Because God told him that. God had told him not to associate with these people. Not what happened when Lot went and associated with them. What happened to him? Hmm. He had go. He almost got himself killed. His wife died. Sister, his daughters were no. You know. Yeah. You know. God, Abraham's listening to God, looking at what God's done. He's talked to God. He's talked to the angel of God. He said, so, you know, here's this servant. He's watched this master uh, have a child when he's 100. Yeah. Okay? Absolutely, yep. So this guy didn't wasn't raised in a vacuum. I don't think he's testing God at all. I think he's only doing what he's seen his master do. He's trying to navigate. He's trying to sure find. He is. He's, he's trying to say, look, I'm going to have, I mean, he goes to the well. He knows the women are going to come out. So he, he makes a wise decision, right? I'm looking for I'm looking for a woman. So I'm going to go to where I know there are a lot of women. But how do I know which one? Mm-hmm. And so it, what he's going to do is he's going to sit here and he's going to pray. He's going to leave it up to God. Mm-hmm. That's that's a good decision. Uh-huh. Absolutely. That's well, you know I, I'm I'm just I'm looking at it and saying, you know I think that that uh, you know it's a. He's he's got a decision to make, but he's making it based on what he's learned from his from his master. Not only is he absolutely, and not only is he saying, "Hey God, I need your help in this decision," but there's an expectation of an answer. Mm-hmm. This servant yeah. it has an expectation of an answer. That to me is is awesome. It's awesome to see. Um, do well, we expect that? Do we I, expect that God's going to answer when we pray? If I, if I have an opportunity with my kids or my grandkids, and I have a, and I have and I pray, right? Should I not pray with the expectation that God is going to listen and hear? I mean, otherwise, why what is are you it doing so? It? Why is it so important <laughs> if I'm praying around these kids, teaching them? Because they need to know that I, I believe that. That I believe that that when we pray for a meal, you know, when when we get together, I mean, if we go to a restaurant, we pray for a meal. I always pray, you know. They need to know, hey, you know, it's important that God blesses this meal. Why? Well, I don't know for sure why, but it's important because my grandpa thinks it's important, and I trust him. I can see him. Maybe can't see God, but I can see him. So I've got to I've got to listen to what he's telling me. And what he's what he's doing. That's what this guy's done. This guy's only followed what he's watched his master do over and over and over. Because his master, even though he's made some mistakes, he's a godly man. And he's and he has a relationship with God that that he's not standing, you know, half in, half out. He's all in. Even though he's made some mistakes, he's all in. Mm. Even though he's gone through some doors with some monsters on Yeah, he's done some things he shouldn't have done. You know, it, it gives me hope. We've talked about that before. It gives me hope because when I do it, you know, I know that God still can will forgive me and still love me in spite of all of that stuff. So, 
You know, it's it's still it's still choices that need to be made. And they need to be made with the right information. So the servant prays. He finishes this prayer in verse fifteen. Before he had finished praying, so even before he finishes this prayer, Rebecca came out with her jar on her shoulder. Mm-hmm. She was the daughter of Bethel, uh-huh. son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor. The woman was very beautiful, a virgin. No man had ever slept with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jar, and came up again. The servant hurried to meet her and said, Please give me a little water from your jar. Drink, my lord, she said, and quickly lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. After she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too, until they have had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough, ran back to the well to draw more, and drew enough for all his camels. Without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. When the camels had finished drinking, the man took out a gold nose ring weighing a becca and two gold bracelets weighing ten shekels. Then he asked her, Whose daughter are you? Please tell me, is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? She answered him, I am the daughter of Bethel, the son of Milcah, bore to Nahor. And she added, We have plenty of straw and fodder as well as room for you to spend the night. Then the man bowed down and worshipped the Lord, saying, Praise be to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness to my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on the journey to the house of my master's relatives. Wow. Before this dude finished praying, God had an answer Mm -hmm. ready to go. Mm -hmm. And when he's done, I love how he recognizes, right? He didn't just pray without the expectation that God was going to answer. He prayed and then waited. He waited to see what was going to happen. He waited until the camels had finished drinking. He didn't jump the gun. Mm -hmm. He waited until it all played out. And then when it did, the first thing he does is give thanks and praise to God. You know, it's it's God set from the very beginning where we started. It's setting a plan in place. And he's 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 got a direction that's going. You know, Rebecca's going to be Isaac's wife, and Isaac is going to have sons, and those sons are going to have sons, and God is going to eventually bring the Messiah from this seed line of people. So, you know, all this seed line of people has to do is be obedient to God. Just keep following. But even when they don't, even when they go through the doors they shouldn't go through, he's still going to find a way to bless them because he's always going to look and find that one individual that's still faithful. And he does that. So well, and we've already seen that happen absolutely. here. We've seen that with Noah. Absolutely. Right? We've seen it with Abraham. We've mm-hmm. seen I mean, we've seen God move mm-hmm. and find that person who is still following him. Mm-hmm. Right? It's pretty cool. So the young woman ran and told her mother's household about all these things. Now Rebecca had brought uh, excuse me. Now Rebecca had a brother named Laban, and he hurried out to the man at the spring. As soon as he had seen the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's arms and had heard Rebecca tell what the man said to her, he went out to the man and found him standing by the camels near the spring. Come, you who are blessed by the Lord, he said. Why are you standing out here? I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. So the man went to the house and the camels were unloaded. Straw and fodder were brought for the camels and water for him and his men to wash their feet. That's interesting. We hadn't uh, heard anything about his men. But no. apparently you don't just travel around ancient the ancient Near East with uh, camels loaded with gold by yourself. Evidently <laughs> <laughs> not, no. Uh, then food was set before him, but he said, I will not eat until I have told you what I have to say. Then tell us, Laban said. So he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master abundantly, and he has become wealthy. 
He has given him sheep and cattle, silver and gold, male and female servants, camels and donkeys. My master's wife, Sarah, has borne him a son in her old age, and he has given him everything he owns. And my master made me swear an oath and said, You must not get a wife for my son from the daughter of the Canaanites in whose land I live, but go to my father's family, to my own clan, and get a wife for my son. Then I asked my master, What if the woman will not come back with me? He replied, The Lord, before whom I have walked faithfully, will send his angel. Now, now, did Abraham, you think, said that with a straight face? Mm-hmm. We've seen Abraham's walk. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't characterize that as sure faithfully. Sure. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. There's a he's l- made mistakes, man. He's made a lot of mistakes. I won't say a lot, but he's made mistakes. Okay. All right? You know, being faithful to God is that I, that I keep going forward. Mm-hmm. I keep going towards God. Okay? I can make mistakes. I'm going to make them. So are you. You know, we are not perfect. Mm. You know, we are not sinless. Only through the blood of Christ are we sinless. I'm still going to make mistakes. You know, God says, if I say I have no sin, I'm a liar and the truth's not in me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make mistakes. The, the deal with faithfulness is, am I staying faithful to God? Is he still the God of my life even though I let him down? It's like, you know, it's like, uh, like little children, like your son. Your son. You know, your son is not going to do everything right all the time. That's true. But he's always still going to be your son. He's still going to look at himself in the mirror and say, I am my father's son. Okay? I am my father's son. Even though I may say something wrong, I may do something wrong, I may not. I'm still going with my father. I'm still letting him lead me and guide me. I may have, I may have, you know, if I don't, then what is Hebrews chapter 12 there for? Hmm. Hebrews chapter 12 says, endure hardship as discipline because God disciplines those he loves. He's going he's gonna to discipline me, but it not gonna, I'm not going to cease to be a son. I'm not going to cease to be, you know, Abraham didn't cease to be Abraham and, and, and a man after, you know, that, 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 uh, that followed God just because he lied to some guy was because he, he was afraid. We've saw and already seen he didn't doubt that God didn't look at it as doubt. He may have, well, but God, because and our God, world would characterize it. As I, know, doubt. I know, but God sees it from a different perspective than we do. That's awesome. We can't see it the way God does. God looking for me to stay close to Him and faithful to Him. That's what He's looking for, guys. He's looking for you to make the decision to start following Him, not to look back like Lot's wife did, but to look forward, look ahead. What is God gonna? I'm I'm not always gonna get it right. Sometimes I'm gonna fall in the ditch. Sometimes, sometimes I'll, I'll fall in the other ditch. Sometimes I'll go through a door with a monster on it. Sometimes. But you know what? If I go through enough doors with monsters on them, I may not get out of the ditch. That's true. Okay? That's and that's true. not being faithful to God. Well, and there's a big difference, I would say, between not realizing there's a monster on the door and knowing full well there's a monster on the door and choosing it anyway. And I think that, I think when you start making those type of choices, you're choosing deliberately not to follow. Yeah, and that's not being faithful. And that isn't being faithful. And Or let's put it this way. That can only last so long before you will no longer be faithful. There will come a, there will come a point where God will pull your chain. Well, he'll yeah. say, well, he'll say, wait, where he will say, we're done. Just like he did with Israel. You know, that I'm talking about the nation. You know, the nation was 
chose to go through so many doors with monsters over and over and over again, despite the prophets, despite godly men saying, hey, this is a monster, do not do this. This is a monster, do not do this. And yet the Israelites chose again and again and again to go through those doors, and they ended up in exile. Mm -hmm. There came a day where God said, hey, I'm going to save the remnant, the remnant to me that are faithful, but the rest of y'all, you're done. Mm -hmm. And he was done. Mm -hmm. And it's church, it's, it hasn't changed. Yep. It has not changed. It's it the same no. for us. You don't believe me? It, Go read First still, Peter. You still have, God still gives us free will. Yeah. He wants us to be faithful. You know, at some point you're going to tell, tell your son, okay, now there's some decisions you're going to have to make. He's got to make the decision on his own. Only thing you you can hope for is that you've taught him well enough, you've taught him long enough, so he makes right decisions. What happens when he makes a wrong one? He's going to make them. What happens when he makes a wrong one? Are you going to cease to be his father? No. What happens? What happens when he chooses to walk out of your life? It, that'll be a very bad day. <laughs> It'll be a very hard day for me to watch him do that. Will he cease to be your son? Nope. You know. Will he, uh, will he in his mind maybe cease to be your son? Yes. If he's, I mean, if he, if he makes that decision, there's nothing I can do. I have seen it happen in my own life, okay? I've seen it happen with one of my sons. You know, and, it, and, the, and the relationship was so bad that he chose the best thing for him to do was to walk away. And for a long time, for a long time, we didn't have a relationship. There was no relationship. And that was my fault. For the most part, part of it was his fault. We all got blame here. But the, the point is, is that, that at some point, he will choose, like the prodigal son, I'm going away. But when he, when he decided, you know what? I'll go back home. When he spent all of his money, he said, I'll go back home. But I won't ask to be a son again. I'll ask just to be a hired servant, just a hireling. That's the, the lowest guy on the totem pole. He, they, there is nobody below him. Pigs are below him. That's it. And, and uh, maybe not even them. And he, uh, and he goes home, and what does the father do? Hmm. Man, my son was dead, and he's alive again. He said his son was dead, and he's alive again. That means his son, his son had walked away and killed the relationship. Father didn't. The son did. He said, my, my son was lost and he's alive again. So, you know, I mean, it will, will, I, will I live faithful to God? That's a choice that does not have a monster on the door. It doesn't. That, that choice, that door has, has rainbows and lollipops, man. All right? and, he's, and all you got to do is open the door and say, God, I want to walk with you every day of my life. And please forgive me when I mess up and when I fall in the ditch. And it and and I'm gonna and I'm and you and I I'm gonna stand back and I'm gonna watch people walk through the wrong door, and it's gonna break my heart. And I can't make them stop. And Maybe. I've seen and I've seen it lately, too much. You know, and and the thing the thing that. You know, just looking at this, you know, we have to we have to remember, you know, that it's God who decides when we're done. And see, and that's that's something that is so important for all of us to remember 
is that God is the one who makes the decision when he's done. You know, Pharaoh had so many opportunities before mm-hmm. God said, now now, now I'm going to get glory through you, whether you like it or not. And he was done. But as, as you... As you read, as we navigate through this, guys, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pick up a lot of guys, a lot of people. We're gonna talk about a lot of characters in this book, and some of them are gonna make some bad choices. Some of them make them are gonna do some things that they probably shouldn't have done. But God's not gonna walk away from them. You know, in in most most of the instances, God's not God doesn't walk away from Israel. He has to punish them. And he has to send them in exile, and some of them die. But God never walks away from them. Israel is still his people. I am still his son. No matter. Now, when I choose to walk away, he gives me the freedom to walk away. That's right. And, you know, this guy this guy is, is following his master's lead. And he said, God has showed up. And I want you guys to know how God showed up. This was the plan. This was the prayer. This was what I asked for. This is what happened. And that young lady right there, her name is Rebecca, is the one that God has picked. I believe it. And if he's and if he's as eloquent as I think he is, they believe it too. Well, and that's exactly what happens. I'm not going to read reread through all of this. He relays this story to the family, uh, to Laban and Bethuel. And after relaying it in verse 50, Laban and Bethuel answered, This is from the Lord. We can say nothing to you one way or the other. Here is Rebekah. Now take her and go, and let her become the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has directed. It's really interesting for me to see that God called Abraham, but even Abraham's family that's still back in Ur, that's still back in that area, Paddan Aram, even his family are followers. They recognize the Lord. They recognize that that the God, and um, you know they look at this whole situation and they go, "This is from Him." So in fifty two, when Abraham's servant heard what they had said, he bowed down to the ground before the Lord. I like how much this guy. I, I, I want. I want that. We have to. I think sometimes that's not what we do. You know, when we when we realize that God has showed up, do we praise Him and say, "Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for showing up." Thank you for, you know, I mean, I, I, you called me the other day, you know, 10, 11, I don't know what time it was. You called me and said, my son's in the emergency room. This is what's going on. Yep. I said, call me whenever, whenever it is. I don't care what time it is you call me. And you did. It was probably 1, 1.30, something like that. You called me and said, we're going home. We think he's going to be okay. You were very emotional. And, and when I hung up, I said, thank you, Lord, for answering our prayers. Yeah. Because we had people yeah. that were, now I didn't call anybody else. I called I called a couple of the elders, and that we were praying, and I said, "Thank you, Lord." This right. I don't know that we do that enough. Sometimes we don't give God credit enough. Yeah. And if we can learn that, and I think that's something we need to learn. We can learn that from from this stuff. That when he when he realized, he bowed. Now they're going to want him to stay and want this woman to stay. He's going to say, "Please don't detain me. Please don't make me stay." God has answered my prayer. I'm going to get home. I'm going to get home and show my master. You know? I mean, that's that's what comes up next. He said, please, I'm going. Throughout this entire chapter, I don't know know about you. I'm, I'm sure you see it. I see it. I'm seeing he's got all these doors, 
and a bunch of them have monsters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A bunch of them. Yeah. And I see him, I see this servant. He's not even Abraham. No. He's not even the guy who's been promised. He's a servant of the guy. He's not even of God's family because those are only people that are coming from Abraham. This is just a servant. This is a servant. Now, did he, did, has, has, uh, Abraham circumcised his servant? Yes. Yes. So that makes him part of the covenant, doesn't it? Yes. Okay. So he knows God because he's learned him from, you know, just like, just like your son and your daughters are going to learn. They're going to learn about God because of you and your wife. My son's learned about God because of me and my wife. My grandchildren are going to learn about God because of us. And then one day, hopefully, they'll be able to make good choices. It's it's shocking to me how many decisions this guy's got to make in such a short amount of time. I mean, when things start going, they can start going. I don't, I don't, but I don't think that he's got that many decisions to make. Well, he's got. He's a, got he, one. He's only got one. What do you mean? Well, you know, he he's got to find a a woman for his son. That's the only decision he's got. How am I going to do this? Okay, this is the plan. He's come up with this plan because he's a godly man. He's come up with this plan. God's going to do it. So this is this is what I'm going to. I'm, this is how I'll know that God's involved. Okay, you know, you sit in a room and you've got decisions to make, and you say, you know what, God, you're going to take over. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I've done it. I've tried it. It didn't work. I'm not. I'm not strong enough. And then you see it start to unfold, and what do you know? God just showed up. Don't belittle that. Don't take don't take credit for it. You've already said I'm I'm done here. I can't do this. I can't I can't do any more than what I've done. And what I've done didn't work. Cuz it because this this cesspool still stinks. You know what? But looking looking at that and looking at, at how this has gone, maybe we should start off giving it over to God. May- well, yeah, but that's not what we do, though. That's not what we do because we always think we get we can we can handle it, man. God's on my side; I can handle it. I can do this, and so we don't really pray about it. We just get after it and start, and then we find out. Wait a minute. So he's he's got to make a decision here. The family does offer. You're absolutely right. The family offers this Laban and Bethuel. They offer to to stick around. They say, hey, you don't need to go. And he is dedicated to getting. No, out of he's got to get back. He's got to get back. Yeah. And so Laban, Remember, his master's not well. Right. And Laban and Bethel will give it over to Rebecca. We're not gonna. We're not gonna mm-hmm. get. I'm not gonna get mm-hmm. into the text, but um, they get into get it in. They give it before Rebecca. Then they said, "Let's call the young woman and ask her about it." So they called Rebecca and they asked her, "Will you go with this man?" And she says, "I will go." And so they send her on her way. They say, "All right, you're we're, we're done then." And they well, you know, and if you if you read this with a mindset of our culture, saying, "I ain't giving my daughter to a stranger," Are you kidding me? Anything could happen. The culture is different. You have to remember that when you study the scriptures, guys, leave the text within the, within the culture that it's in. This is what they did. Well, and you know, if you don't, then you're going to be tripping up over the fact that they, these two are like cousins. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're most related. people trip up over, over this, over the Bible anyway. That's true. Biggest part of the world is tripping up over the Bible 90% of the time. Because true. they can't leave it where it's at and just let it be there. Yes, they're cousins. Okay. You know, the culture was different then. Yes. God was different then. He, de- he dealt with them different than he does now. You know, 
The laws were different. We have laws now. There are reasons why we don't do this stuff, and you know, but in that time they did. Yes. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to what the New Testament tells me about my relationship with God now. Yeah. Not this way, because I don't want to be a nomad living in the desert. Well, and again, you have to leave this the story in its context. Sure, when you, you do. pull it up out of its context, then it doesn't make any sense. Well, and and, and you can you can run through all kinds of obstacles. And you get in all sorts of trouble. Yeah, I think what we see in this this story is this godly man making awesome godly decisions, relying on God from the very beginning, from the Who very get about from Abraham, another godly man, who was a faithful man, living for God. And taught his servant to be a godly man. And was righteous because of that faith. Absolutely. He's not righteous. And was taught the gospel, it says in Galatians. He was the first to be shared the, shared the gospel with, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. He did not know Christ, but Christ lived in him. You know, try that on for size. Mm. Christ lived in him because Christ was going to be born down the road. You know, I mean, it... I'm not. I mean, you know, through Isaac and all this. I mean, that that sea line there, Christ is there with him, yeah. living with him, in him, and, and all around him. The Spirit is all is always there. The, it's an amazing concept that the uh, that the seed line of Jesus that you see in Matthew and in Luke go through Abraham. The bloodline that God says there's a bloodline that goes through this guy. So in a sense, he's living inside of Abraham now. So wrap your mind around that. John. Well, Jesus said Abraham, uh, Abraham would have rejoiced to see my day. <laughs> yeah. And before Abraham, I am. Yeah. So um, it's it's an it's you know tonight, guys, was just about making better choices, mm. making better decisions. You know, we can make bad ones all the time. Those are easy to make. You know, Satan got, God throws them up in our back. The making the right choices and the right decisions are way more difficult sometimes because the doors with the monsters are easy to open. They're easy to open. The ones that are not, those are more difficult, and those take some effort. Being faithful to God means I'm going to walk with Him, I'm going to communicate with Him, right. and I'm going to walk with people who are going in the same direction. That's right. I'm going to stay away from the people that can't teach me how to stay faithful to God. I'm going to stay away from them. Maybe even tune them out. Have to. Have to. There's a, there's a lot to be said for tuning the world out and tuning into Scripture. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're going to pick it up here next week. Yes, sir. Okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for, uh, for the opportunity we have to make right decisions. You know, it's difficult sometimes. It is tough. You know, we, we don't want to learn sometimes the things that we need to learn. Father, I pray your patience with us. I pray that you would watch over us. And, uh, and give us, uh, give us a, steady, a steady and healthy nudge toward the right place to be and the right things to do. Father, be patient with us when we make mistakes and when we make the wrong ones. Father, I pray that, that as, we, as we get older and we get more mature and we get better counsel around us, we'll start to make a whole lot better choices in our lives. Father, we, lo we long for that day. We long for, for those opportunities that will still come from you. Thank you, Father. Bless us. Bless us as we study, as we, as we learn, and as we apply these things to our lives. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray.